0: your Bibles and let's say this together. This is a declaration that we make over um, our our time together in the Word, our preaching, our sharing just to build our faith and our, our heart of expectation. Say it with me. This is my Bible. God's written living word to me. It reveals to me who God says I am and tells me what God says I can have. Because it's how he thinks, thinks. I choose to believe and act on what I'll read. and read. And And therefore, I am transformed. Amen. I'm going to begin a new series this morning entitled Pray Like This. Everybody say it. Pray like this. I mean, can we be so presumptuous as to assume that there is a right way to pray? Can we be so presumptuous as to assume that there are ways we might pray that are not effective? I'm actually quoting Jesus in this series title, Pray Like this. I'll tell you what, let's run out to or walk or whatever you feel you can do Um, let's go out to James the book of James. Uh, This actually isn't in my notes but I want to share it with you this morning as far as this idea that there is an effective way to pray. James chapter 5. Look with me at verse we'll start in verse 15 and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins he will be forgiven confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed i'll stop and make a comment about that that doesn't mean to tell each other your sins right that i have throughout my christian walk especially when i was younger and did not understand the message of grace, and uh, did not understand my identity in Jesus Christ, I struggled with that passage of Scripture. Nina shared with you a passage last week in her message that she hated. Every time she'd read it, she just hated it. you know. And uh, how many of you know we ministers have parts of the Bible that we don't like? <laughs> this was one of the parts of the Bible. I, she has a part she hates, or hated, Till she got revel- I, I hated this verse because I, I, I knew I didn't have a relationship with anybody, nor did I think I could find anybody where I could go tell all my sins to them. How about you? How, how are you doing with that? <laughs> e- each one of you have somebody you tell your sins to? No? Okay. Well, I didn't think so. <laughs> all right. So it, it's not altogether popular, is it? And yet the Bible says to do it if you don't exegete that and, and go to the original languages and read other translations besides the very common one, common ones. Here's the way that François Dutroit, in his mere translation of the Bible, translates that. Verse 16, do not tolerate vibes. If you have wronged someone, talk to him about it. And pray for each other to maintain a healthy fellowship. Isn't that good? Boy, does that make sense. Boy, does that make sense. So the effective, watch this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So there is an effective way to pray. Francois, once again, he says this. Righteousness is the fuel of an effective prayer. Isn't that good? Righteousness, and that's really where I want to start today. That's where I want to start in talking about the subject of prayer. I've entitled this morning, Praying Through Grace. How to pray using grace. How to pray with grace a mantle of grace in everything that you pray let's go to the most famous prayer Matthew chapter 6 it is commonly called or referred to this passage that we're about to read as the Lord's Prayer let's look begin in verse 5 and when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Then if we uh, slip down to verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many prayers. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. And then the very next words, therefore, could do we have that up, Jeff? I know I, I, I didn't ask you to put that up, but I'll, I'll just continue here. And uh, I'll use the New King James and go to it. And Jeff, maybe you can go ahead and throw it up. I had just, we're actually not going to talk about the Lord's Prayer so much today. We're going to talk about his preface to the Lord's Prayer. So uh, let me get to it here so that I can read the rest of it. And you know, most of most of you know it. All right. In this verse 9, in this manner, therefore pray. Once again, I want to emphasize according to both James and Jesus it may be that there are things we say in prayer that are not effective and it would serve us well rather than to just continue and get mad at God and and develop a bitterness inside saying you know God doesn't answer my prayers why doesn't God answer my prayer I see how he moves on the behalf of so-and-so but He doesn't seem to hear or to answer. I submit to you that God hears your prayer and will answer that prayer when it is prayed in an effective way. So Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive our debtors Uh, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one and that's where it stops by the way the rest of that prayer that you will commonly see in many various translations including the King James and New King James the NIV and so forth the rest of that was added by a translator it's not actually or by a scribe It's not actually in there. It's thought that it was added for the sake of the liturgy of the Lord's Prayer. Now, I want to submit to you first that this is not the Lord's Prayer. That what we're leading up to that begins in verse 9 and 10, we're not going there today. We're going to discuss verses 5 through 8. But we're not talking here in this series actually about the Lord's Prayer. It got that name, I'm not sure how, but if you think about it and in the context of it it's the disciples prayer if it's anything it's the disciples prayer we know this for sure it is a template about how to pray effectively that we know so I don't care what you call it we don't need to mince words but I just wanted to let you know it's really not the Lord's prayer it was him teaching them how to pray or him giving them a template for prayer we're going to dissect that beginning next week and talk about all of the various things that are in this template that will cause us to pray effectively but prior to talking about the disciples prayer and though at that particular template there are a number of things Jesus said that are examples of the wrong kind of prayer and the right kind of prayer that might just actually change your prayer life right now before we even get to the template so he begins in verse 5 and when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites now this Greek word hypocrites means an actor and in the first century the term came to be used for those who play roles in a play And they see the world as their stage. See, people that are hypocritical see the world as their stage. And so they are acting. They act one way in this situation and they act another way in this situation. You know, that's one of the problems with our prayer life is we pray things and then we go out and we act a different way. You'll see this often in just listening to the way people pray. For instance, people pray with a King James type of English. Oh God, thou art holy and there is no God like thee in the earth. Oh God, we beseech you this day that you would come and that God you would be. And somehow they get this sort of King James thing going on and they use these and that and they it's, it becomes majestic and they change the tone of their voice and I can just, I can see the Lord rubbing his chin maybe rubbing his head going uh, who's that? <laughs> who are you? why, why do you change Who you are, how you talk, the phraseology, the what you say, why do you change that when you pray? Do we think that doing that will get God to hear us? Do we think that doing that will cause an answer to come? Jesus challenges all of that when he says, don't be like the hypocrites. They think the world is their stage, and so they pray in one way, but they live quite another. They turn on one voice when they pray and choose certain words when they pray, and they quote a liturgy, and they do, you know, all of these things. Uh, But that's not them, and there's a reason why he is talking in this language here. We're going to discover it in a moment. So in other words, he said, don't be a religious actor. Then he says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. There were two main places that religious leaders back in that time would pray. Number one was in the synagogues at certain public times of prayer. And number two, on the street, particularly at 9 a.m. and at 3 p.m. In the synagogues, it was common for the priest in charge to ask for individuals to come from the congregation and to pray, especially if you were already in service of some sort. They would have you come before the altar and pray. Jesus said, look, it's not about your public prayer. It's not about a persona that you put on. It's not about oratory or all the words that you you know choose to impress others so it was very impressive for to be asked to come up and stand amongst the altar works and to pray majestic prayers then they would whisper as they exited the temple that day oh didn't didn't Rick do a great job this morning? Did you hear Rick's prayer? He said it with such majesty. Oh, I bet Rick is really close to the Lord. Did you hear how he phrased that? Did and the Lord's going, hmm, I don't know that person. That, that, that's not the person I love. That's the person you made up. That's a hypocrite. Secondly, it was on the street. Now, uh, this was common too, because the priests, in particular, and religious leaders had particular dress on, and robing, and headdress, and so forth. And, and, and along the the, the robe uh, that they would wear, there were ornaments and and bells and things that would kind of tingle or not tingle but twinkle, tinkle. tinkle. <laughs> Maybe not. <already. laughs> Make sounds Make sounds See if you just speak in plain English It really You don't need to And so as they walked People knew they were in the area Because they could hear them And so around 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. People could hear them approaching the corner And they would gather Because then the priests Or those in leadership would pray these incredible high oratory full of wisdom and voice and sound. These prayers that were impressive. God said, don't be like them. I don't care about that. And interestingly enough, he says, they do it to be seen by men. They have their reward. You know, if you pray like that, that's your reward. If you pray in your home group, you pray these majestic prayers and it's very impressive, guess what? There's your reward. Whatever people thought about your impressive prayer, there's your reward. You're not getting anything else, Jesus said. <laughs> if you're asked to pray in a public meeting, you know, maybe at church, hey, would you come pray over the offering? Stephanie, would you come pray over this morning's offering? Oh, God. God. We thank thee that thou hast provided all things unto us. You, uh, she has has her reward. That's her reward, you know. A couple of you, oh, man, Stephanie can pray. Woo, did you hear that girl pray? There's your reward. That's all you're getting out of it. (laughs) So Jesus says there's better ways, there's more effective ways. Pray like this is where we're going in the template verse 6 but you when you pray go into the private place go into your room now this was a private place where the only person you have to impress is God so let your hair down he already knows you you He's not going to be any more impressed with you than he already is. He's totally impressed with you and in love with you because of what Jesus did. So changing the tone of your voice, making it loud, putting on a certain kind of dress, you know, doing any of that stuff doesn't work with God. He says, you go into that private place where you have no one to impress. He calls it here a room or a closet. Now, the idea of this in the Greek language was a storeroom where treasures are kept. You know, when you get alone with God and you're praying, he has such treasures that he wants to unlock and unfold to us. And really, it's not about the abundance of our words. It's about simply spending time there in that room, loving him, letting him unlock what he wants to give you so that you can have it and receive it so that you this is one of the beautiful reasons why praying in your heavenly language yes I'm talking about speaking in tongues praying in tongues or praying in your heavenly language is so important when you pray in the spirit Paul said you pray a perfect prayer it's always in accordance with the perfect will of God whatever you're praying whatever you're speaking And Paul also said this in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, praying in your heavenly language is the equivalent of unlocking mysteries in the spirit. That's what Jesus was talking. Go into that inner room. Go into that closet and plan on unlocking some treasures of some things that God wants to say to you. Are you stuck in a particular place right now? Are you stuck emotionally? Are you stuck financially? Are you stuck in a relationship? Is there just somewhere in life where you are stuck right now? Boy, the best the best thing you could do in prayer is not to start reciting and trying to come up with these wordy verbalizations of faith and reaching and... I command and all of that. It might just be to go get alone with God and start just praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying using your heavenly language. Well, how long should I do that? I don't know. Five minutes? Fifteen minutes? How about the whole hour? <laughs> Pastor, I haven't spent an hour in prayer in my life. Praying in the I know. And that's difficult. In fact, sometimes it's hard to pray for 10 minutes, isn't it? When you've got to come up with all the words to say, especially if you're thinking it's got to be, you know, this incredible language that impresses God. So, number one, it'll be a lot easier to pray if you stop trying to impress God with what you're saying. Secondly, prayer, the prayer companion, the prayer partner to our English is praying in the Holy Spirit. I can pray in the Holy Spirit for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour, like that. Because I never have to come up with anything. And the beautiful thing about praying in the Holy Spirit is, number one, I'm unlocking treasures. I'm unlocking mysteries. Answers regarding where I'm stuck will come to me. Jesus said, go into that closet. You get in there alone with me and just commune, and I will unlock treasures. I'll get you unstuck. Paul said, when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying mysteries or secrets. You are unlocking treasures to where you've been stuck. Turn to somebody and say, I'm not, get st- I'm not going to be stuck anymore. See, I, 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 just, I just showed you how to get unstuck. And then Jesus says, the Father who sees you. The father, this is verse 6, the father who sees you will reward you. The father who sees you will reward you. Now, let's, let's, let's unpack this. Let's dissect this for just a moment. Let's take first of all the word father. For Jesus to use that word to describe God or to address God, Made all of the religious leaders of his day, how can I say it, spitting mad. I mean, they were angry. That was blasphemy. The Jewish people did not believe in addressing God directly. In fact, you were forbidden to use his name, Yahweh, Jehovah. You couldn't speak it. And here comes Jesus with this sort of friendly, casual approach to God. And he refers to him as his father. So in the first part of this, verse 6 here, where he said, go into your room and and pray in secret, and your father, Jesus, is already blowing open the, the whole theology of the Jewish people and religious leaders of his day with one word saying to us, we can walk right in to Daddy's presence. He's our Father. How do you talk to your dad? How do you talk to your... Oh, God. Oh, Father. Thank you for this day. Father, there is nobody likest thee thou alone art the I can't even do that anymore I used to be able to do it pretty good <laughs> I used to be able to pray that way better King James English and I've been ruinated <laughs> boy that is so true I've been ruinated no we, we go in and we just sit down with Papa, to use the term used in the shack I love that Oh, I watched the shack for my birthday Yeah, I had a good birthday Friday was my birthday, thank you And, uh, yeah, and a uh, lot, lot of you knew that And thank, thank you for the well wishes and, and the greetings and, and the cards and various things, thank you So uh, we, we, um, we, we were, uh, on, on Friday morning, we attended a graduation ceremony and, and, and then um and then they very graciously asked us if if we would accompany them for for lunch and, and I was a little torn because I thought, "Oh, what a wonderful opportunity. But then that spirit of selfishness came over me, and I thought, "No, this is my day. I, 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 this is my celebration we're going to celebrate me and uh, yeah, get it one day a year, so, one day a year I get to, it's all about me. One day a year, it's all about me. So uh, I, I, I graciously tried to dismiss uh, us, uh, ourselves from that, and, and, and said, you know, there's some things that we wanted to do today. Well, we were already in Boulder, so one of the things we wanted to do was go to Whole Foods. Now, I don't know if you've ever eaten at a Whole Foods or if you even knew you could eat at Whole Foods, but Whole Foods is much more than a a, a grocery store. And boy, the Boulder one, I I don't know if that's like headquarters or what, but the Boulder one is this massive store. I mean, it is the Sam's or Costco of of Whole Foods. And I'd, I'd say a quarter of this massive food store is dedicated to an eatery uh, God, I don't even know how to describe it I mean they've got Buffet. buffets and and they've got kiosk carts and uh, uh, one time we were there uh, and they had four different islands I mean double-sided walk around the island four of those of just olives <laughs> just olives and, and I'm not talking about black olives, black olives, black olives, black... You know, it wasn't that they were busy. Every tray was different around the whole island, and they had four of those. And then their salad bar, oh, my goodness, it's to live for. Be careful what you pray. And, uh, and oh, all the food, everything they make, they, they, they make pizza and they make sandwiches and they have hot food, they have fish, they have... They, 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 they have mac and cheese. So I, I got, <laughs> I was hoping to get some salmon, and they, and they didn't have salmon. So I got baked beans. <laughs> I, I never eat this stuff. I got baked beans. I, I, I got macaroni and cheese. I got these giant meatballs, meatballs and sauce, and then this gorgeous salad. Mm. Oh, it was so good. This is my birthday, all right. So then, then we slipped off to the mall, flat irons, and I got a massage. Oh, I was worthless afterwards, but oh, it was so good, so good. And then, and then, and, and then, uh, we went to Hagen Oh, oh, oh! My my knees get weak when I talk about Hagen If there's one sin that I'm that I'm going to take to heaven, it's Hagenaz. And then, here's, here's where I was going. Then we did what all people our age do. We took our Hagendaws and we found strategically the perfect bench over on the side, and we sat and we watched and we talked about people. <laughs> Oh, so good. So good. That's not where you were going with this. And then we got home and we watched The Shack. Oh, so good. I had seen it already. We'd seen it in the theater, but this was the second time around. And it's just as good the second time around. But in that movie, that was a long way of getting here, isn't it? In that movie, God is referred to as Papa. And one of the storylines of that is, is very, without giving a bunch of stuff away, is that that's the term that the wife of the family that goes through this crisis uses to address God. And the, the difference between her and her husband who's not walking with God is drawn, and that's one of the things. She's really close to the father, and she just calls him uh, Papa. And and in fact, uh, it's said in the main character, the dad uh, references that. He says, it's not my personal taste. I think it's too casual to address God like that. But she does it. No, that's not too casual, folks. That's exactly what God desires, is a relationship that's natural, that just flows out of your being, that's you. And it says in verse 6 that Papa, who sees you, that speaks of relationship. Papa sees you, and he will reward you. Now, caution. Caution. The Old Covenant, which is what Jesus is operating in as he's sharing these words, is filled with performance-based response to God. In fact, the entire view of a relationship with God was that he's holy, he's distant, he's unapproachable, and anything that I might get, that God might bless me with, is based on my performance. And Jesus happens to say he will reward you. But that word used there for reward is not referring to the old covenant theology of performing so that God will bless. Rather, it's this principle that Moses brought the law, but Jesus introduced grace and truth. You see, dear ones, even the, quote, Lord's Prayer if you do not read it with a proper understanding of before the cross and after the cross, the Lord's Prayer will become one of the greatest points of bondage in your life. Now, I'm throwing that out there. We don't have time to untangle it and teach on all of that this morning. We'll start that next week. But again, I say to you, the Lord's Prayer will become one of the single greatest theological tripping stones, stumbling stones that will bring such bondage in your life if you read it with the eyes of the old covenant under which Jesus was speaking those words. So let's, let's slip over real quickly here in the time we have left. Let's go to verses 7 and 8. Here's the right way to begin to pray. Jesus introduces just a couple of things to us here. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of, before you ask him now he says when you pray do not use vain repetitions the NIV the new international version translates that phrase this way vain repetitions or to keep on babbling don't keep on babbling and and that might actually be quite accurate in the sense of the Greek word Badalegio, which is a word that sounds like babbling and the sense of it in the Greek is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I had asked myself, Lord, I wonder if I've ever come before you in my King James English, in my Old Testament style of performance that I have to perform here in prayer to get you to hear me. And all it sounded like to your ears was blah, 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 blah. Is it possible that the prayer that I have been praying is just blah, 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 rather than one that's truly effective? I believe God answers that. Here in the disciples' prayer or in this template a prayer. We'll start next week with that. Now, watch this. For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Here's the big grace bombshell. I mean, Jesus, being under the Old Covenant, speaking and instructing under the Old Covenant, so many of the things He said were based in the Old Covenant, by the way. Uh, it's been said hey just read the things in red what's in red and you're safe you know if it's in red you're safe no if it's in red it might put you in like total bondage if you do not know how to interpret those words what am I speaking about well you know in the translations of our Bibles it's very common and here's an example to find in the New Testament words that are in red you know what that means yes yes Anytime you read words that are in red, which are in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's, you know, there's a lot of them, those were actually spoken by Jesus. And so growing up, and in Sunday school and Bible school, and you'll, you'll hear it referred to, if you just stick with the words in red, everything will be okay in your walk with Jesus. No, <laughs> actually you will, you will experience a whole lot of bondage. Because Jesus during the Gospels when he was on this earth was speaking under the law to people who were under the law and he came, the scripture says, to fulfill the law. The message of grace, the good news, does not begin until the book of Acts. So here, even in what we call the Lord's Prayer, There are some things that if you do not correctly interpret them in the light of the Pauline revelation of grace, again, you will stumble into years and years of bondage. One of them is how you pray. But thankfully, Jesus gives us glimpses into the New Testament message, the good news of grace when he uses phrases like father that the father sees you and then he he drops this one on him your father knows the things you have need of before you even ask him oh my goodness let me say it to you this way God knows before you say it he provides before you need it and he answers before you say amen again God knows before you say it. He's provided it before you need it. And He's already answered before you say, Amen. That's the big grace bombshell about praying in the right way. So then Jesus says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Do you know you are not informing God of anything when you pray? (laughs) you're not informing him, you're not changing his mind, you're not getting him. You know, people consider prayer a a form of divine arm wrestling. (coughs) If if I can just say the right words, if I can say them with enough faith, if if I get the right phraseology, you know, I can kind of twist God's arm and get him to give me. I used to view prayer all about that all the time oh what a bondage how desperate and it's no wonder then of course that prayer is not life-giving it's obligatory and Jesus never meant for prayer to be obligatory he meant for it to be a simple conversation in natural terms and language with Papa Just talking and chatting. And you know what? There'll actually be a lot fewer requests and a lot more praise and thanks and worship when you realize what Jesus said here in this bombshell. God already knows what you have need of before you ask. And so you really don't need to do a whole lot of asking. What you'll find yourself doing is a whole lot of thanking him for what's already yours. You see, until we change the way we think, will never change the way we act dear ones it is not just about saying right words it is about thinking right thoughts you've got to think like God thinks. that's why before all of my messages I have you make that declaration it's how he thinks right It reveals to me who God says I am. Shows me what God says is mine. And because it's how he thinks, I know then that I will be transformed because I'm going to act on it. I am so excited and looking forward to number two next week, God willing. And number three and number four. We're just going to unpack this prayer and I don't want you to miss a single message if you do have to be out for some reason please listen or watch it uh, on the internet you know with our church mobile app you can just bring it up right on your phone and watch it as you're maybe at lunch or what have you let's stand